Hey guys, new podcast. Uh, sorry it's late this week. I've just been really busy. I'm in Baltimore right now. Uh, next week I'm shooting Birth Conquer in Ohio. And then I am in Dayton the weekend after that. Irvine in December. Uh, posted a new video to my YouTube page, uh, my vlog. It's uh, I hung out. I just basically recorded a day of working on the set at Birth Conquer. It's pretty funny. Starts in the morning and ends at night. That's the way a day works. Fuck face. Way to go, dummy. I'm a fucking idiot sometimes. I'm having a little bit of, of a rough patch right now, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, those are my tour dates. Check out my YouTube channel. Go to burtburtburt.com and you get all my tour dates. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. You click the link. And I just, like I posted the cattle auction from Trip Flip. It is hilarious. It is, if you like me laughing, it is seven minutes of me laughing. I just laughed the hardest I've ever laughed. Uh, and I got the Vietnamese ear cleaning. I got the world's tallest stadium jump on there. It's like I'm, I'm putting uh, putting out content, folks. December is going to be a content month. You get ready. Hold on to your britches. <laughs> uh, today's guest is a hilarious dude. He is just funny. He's the guy you'd be blessed to live with in the 20s in your building. You're like, thank God that guy lives across the hall from me. I'm in a, my life is better because of him. He's a, he's a fucking man. And I love that about fucking comics that fucking fucking own it. He's got a podcast on the Sideshow Network called Puck Off. He uh, he tours with Lisa Lampanelli and I think Bill Burry's. He talks. We talk about all this on the podcast. Uh, put your hands together. Just clap. Just clap by yourself for Joe Bartnick. This is Bill Burry Cast. Not that I have any. Not that I know. No. Is it not pushed in all the way? <laughs> uh, let me turn. No, wait, wait. I'll leave those on in case your wife wants to talk. Yeah, don't let her. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a man cave. Sit outside, please. Um, I, uh, I'm, 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 hang on one sec. What sucks is when I do these podcasts like this where I try to bang out a bunch while I'm in town. Mm-hmm. The same thought. It's like I, I did, I've done... Hang on one second. Talk in there. Hello, hello, hello. That sounds perfect. Bert's podcast. I've done a few of these. I'll turn this down just so that I get loud. Uh, just, that's perfect. It matters, but no, it's fine. Um, that's perfect. the uh, The thing that happens is I, t- I end up talking a lot about the same three things because that's what's going well, on. Yeah, and so I, I like right now I'm obsessed with this article I read about the coddling of the American mind, and uh, it's about. You're lucky you're here today. Yesterday I did a podcast and I didn't put the AC on. I didn't. I didn't have it set up yet. Oh and man, it was fucking sweltering oh. in here. But uh, but yeah. So I'm, I'm, I read this article and it's all about trigger warnings and and uh, and vindictive policing that's happening online with people. It's really. I'm really glad the conversation's happening. Oh yeah, I just retweeted an Ari Shafir or yesterday retweeted about how there's actually people now cultural libertarians that are like anti right wing, anti left wing that just want free speech to be heard. And that's exa- I mean, and the stand up comics, that's all we want, you know. It's like they're it's the police, like oh, you can't rip on this person, you can't rip on this person. It's like oh, it's just horrible. It's like, I'm so stupid though. That I read an article that makes sense, and then I go, "That makes sense," and then I'm, and then, and then I read another article that 
negates it. And I go, well, that makes sense too. And then I go, then I read another article and I go, that makes even more sense. Like I read this article define, you know, trigger warnings, right? Actually, I don't. I okay, mean, I so trigger warnings. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to write a joke last night about how <laughs> how trigger warnings are. Uh, they're in school right now, and they're all online. And it's basically when anyone who's suffered any trauma, any type of trauma, be it sexual assault, be it uh, – by the way, I should say a trigger warning before I even talk, talk about trigger warnings. <laughs> I think I think you're supposed to say trigger warning. Like, I know the new word. This is my safe space, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It's basically – so students will say, I don't want you to talk – I don't want you to teach about slavery to a teacher because it is it, – it's a, it's it, brings up feelings for them and so they don't want like those feelings um by the way i'm bastardizing whatever this is but this is technically it and so i read an article about it last night and it's mostly it's with sexual assault and it's with people for that uh experience stress traumatic stress have ptsd about an event so a teacher is forced not forced i think he chooses to do it but say listen trigger warning today we're going to be talking about um said subject so every time I hear glove side, I think of Tom Barrasso giving up uh, a bag <laughs> in 1993. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, my most yeah. traumatic moment. Like yeah. Barrasso didn't give his get his glove up. The dynasty's <laughs> over. That's it, technically that really is kind of what it is. Right. It's something that pulls back something that makes you angry or upset or 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 hurt or causes anxiety. Uh, it's a and and it's this whole debate that's going on. It seems this week. Like this last couple weeks, especially because a guy wrote an article in The Atlantic about it, and then another guy wrote one in The New Yorker, and then someone wrote one about Jimmy Fallon's ring finger and like like equivalating trigger warnings to just to like to like, hey, do you want to watch two guys two girls one cup and then ultimately a trigger warning is. Just giving you a heads up, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> like, just giving you a heads up, this is something that may fuck you up. Right. Like, that's what a trigger warning is, technically. Because Fallon did it. He said, I'm going to, don't even Google what happened to my finger if you don't want to be fucking disgusted. Because what happened to Fallon's finger, apparently, his ring almost ripped off his fucking finger. Did you yeah, hear about it? When he was drunk on TV? Or no? I think he was drunk at a bar oh. and he fell or he tried to catch someone's drink. And and his ring almost ripped off his fucking finger. Oh, and so exactly, and so he he went online on TV the next day to talk about what happened, and he said, "Listen, I'll tell you what happened, but do not Google it because you, you'll have a hard time forgetting oh, it." Was it. Videotaped. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. There's just images of it. There's oh, just okay. images of it. So not of his finger, but of of people it's happened to, and it's it fucking disgusting. So basically, what. Someone was equivalenting that to trigger warnings, saying that's what a trigger warning is, just a heads up. And then someone said, well, no, you can't do that with students because we're raising – I'm reading all these articles. My point was – my point of getting all this was I was trying to write a, a joke and then I was like, don't even fucking go there. I don't want those those people that get fucking vindictive and want to ri- ruin your career that are online. You know, those people that just like just try to destroy you in every way possible. Right. I don't want them against me. I don't want to talk to any of them. Right, and it's scary because it's funny when you go when you say stuff that someone might get a. That's the funny stuff. Well, it's 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 neat. This is trigger warning. This it's but it's fun playing in your dad's garage with (laughs) gunpowder. 
Like those are the times I remember the most is when we found a fucking bottle rocket and we opened it up and spread gunpowder in the garage. That's an amazing, like it's dangerous as fuck. Right. You may burn your boxers and light your nuts on fire. Right. But it it when it does work, you know, there's nothing better than getting a joke that's well crafted and is and is taking a chance and 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 it works and other comics respect it and the audience ex- respects it. Yeah. It's a beautiful fucking uh, that's my favorite that's they're all my jokes. Those are my favorite types of jokes. That's what uh you know, whatever, not name dropping, that's what Bill says he loves, especially in Boston. He just went after the people and they were just like he loved the fact they were just like, Yeah, yeah. Like we'll take it. Bring it well, on. Bill's a perfect example. He did the you know, Bill's someone who pushes who goes for the thing that no one's going for, or he tackles a subject that, and that, that I enjoy watching that because it's the thing that I haven't written about yet, you know? Right. And and I think that, and it's the thing I haven't thought about, and the way he thought about it was different, you know? Like, and that those are the comics I enjoy watching. Right. And have I seen them go too far? Of course. But as a fan of comedy, I give them that allowance. Honestly, I've never seen anybody go too. F- oh, I of course we have. Well. In what sense? Like, I mean, I think people go too far when they shit on a room. No, or no, like, I mean, you've, we've all seen we've all seen guys take a chance where you're like, where he even they laugh it off and they're like, okay, fuck it, I tried um, personally. But do you, I mean, do you think there's some? I mean, the only subject that I think is kind of off, which, which like I I can even laugh at a well crafted one, but I don't do is I don't do rape jokes. I don't, and, yeah. and, and that's not because I think some of them aren't funny. That's just because to me, I don't want to. I don't want to perpetuate that. I just that's not my cup of well, tea. It's, it's not. Your, but, it's not. But, your, but, I, but I'll laugh at a well crafted one. Oh yeah. Oh, listen, I've seen I've seen Tosh take big fucking swings. Okay. Yeah. That, he and 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 go and big swings. Right. And he goes places where not a lot of people are going. Right. And I and I've seen I've seen. I wasn't offended by no stretch of the means. I'm a powerful individual. You can't offend me. Right. There's no part of any word you can say to me right. that's going to offend me. And then I sit in bed with it. The fuck? Like, <laughs> that doesn't exist in my world. Right. But that's because I'm a comic also. And I know his attempt is not to try to make someone upset and angry, but to make them laugh. Right. And, and I've taken big chances and missed. And, like, on stage where you think something is going to work brilliantly and... And you just miss, and that I. But I allow a comic that. But isn't that, that just missing, or is that thinking it's going too? Is it is going too? You're going too far, or is it just not funny? You know, I don't think there's any part that's passed too no, far. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. That's I, what know. I was trying to get at before. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You might be right about it. Let me you know, like everything that, yeah. can be. I mean, Dana Gould's like remember his last special, or maybe saying last special like my first rejection be about like AIDS, rape, and yeah. something else. And he goes, oh. and they all worked like hilariously. You know, yeah. just to oh, prove. I, I don't think you can go. T- Let me rephrase that. You're right about that. I'm wrong. You can't go too far as a comic. There's nothing out of bounds, in my opinion. That's what I kind of wanted. Yeah, but I've seen people take the step into the dark territory, miss, and have to come back. Right. And those misses are what pe- get people fucking up in arms and irate. And, and I go, that's you can't do that. And too far is almost like deep sea diving, where the younger the comic, the less deep he can go. Like yeah. There was jokes that I did like two years in that were horrific to people that now is like, rated g compared to what i can get away with now well what's, it's what's, how you yeah. learn how to swim the depths of 
how to get into a subject. And just like, like deep sea diving, it takes very long to get up from those <laughs> those deep places. <laughs> right. Like you got to go 10 feet a, a minute and, and you got to hang out the last 15 feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there she is. <laughs> and so, but I, 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 uh, I, I respect the guys that go fucking deep. I yeah. love it. Well, there's the, there's the only, I mean, literally the only comics that I watch are the people like, uh, or Bill or Jim Jeffries pushes Dude, the envelope. Jim Jeffries. He pushes the envelope. They're the only comics I think that regular comics like us, what, not regular, whatever you would say, pro, whatever you would say, yeah. comic, watch. Because they're the people that are interesting. Yeah. They're the people that are genuinely interesting are the people that, that you go, you go, that's, he's, he's tackling something I, you know, like he's going somewhere where I haven't thought of. And that's, you know, and sometimes the places you haven't thought is like, like Jimmy Carr. We went, do you know Jimmy Carr? No. He's a British comic and he is fucking genius. He is genius. And we went and did a, uh, a, a cancer, uh, like not a hospice house, but like a cancer recovery house. And Jimmy's like in the van and he's like, is anyone talking about cancer today? And I'm like, no. <laughs> By the way, that's, and I, no, I'm not saying that's not the comic I am. Right. Maybe if I have the right joke. Right. I don't have a lot. I don't have any cancer jokes. Right. Let alone do I n- think that I could pull it off today because I'm nervous. In, I'm nervous about performing in front of a bunch of people who ha- or have or are getting through or are possibly dying with from cancer in a room that's just them in their center that they're not center of a house that they're living in. Right. I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about that. Jimmy Carr's going right for the fucking throat. Right. And he's like, no, that's what I do. Like, but that's but that makes Jimmy Carr Jimmy Carr, and and I and he did it. His opening joke was like, uh, "Can we talk about cancer?" Like, the, and by the way, he's closing the show. No <laughs> one's going after him to fucking clean it up if he doesn't do well. Right. He, this is and that that fearlessness. I don't. That's like watching the guys that rock climb not use a rope. You know. Oh I mean? yeah, yeah. I can't even watch those guys on TV. It makes me sick. Yeah. You know what? I can't even. You know, I'll tell you the, what makes me sick in our local pizza shop. Uh, they have the picture of the Italians all sitting on like the uh, Empire oh, the State Building. Empire <laughs> I can't even look at that. I'm like, how the hell are they sitting there? I look at that. I look at that picture so much. I mean, I, I think I read something about how they took that picture. They like, were super glued to the sun. <laughs> I mean, that was the. Fu- My hands are sweating thinking about. <laughs> Yo, it. it's nuts. That that whole um, that whole time. I guess there was an Indian tribe. That was not afraid of heights. The tribe wasn't afraid of heights. Yeah, that's that movie Wolfen is based on. You ever see the movie Wolfen? No. It had a tit shot. When we were like in third grade, so you had the TiVo. No, whatever. Not TiVo. What? What? Like stay up, stay up, and make sure you caught the tit. You had to stay up. I, I would. I would VCR it. I, what I would do is I would. I like. I remember VCRing things that I thought might get it, and I just hit record. And I'd wait until I like. I mean, I I became good at plot deconstruction to be like like the name of the rose was the first one where I was like, all right, this is definitely an nudity. <laughs> so I throw a blank tape in, and I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And then when I see Christian whatever walk into the room by himself, I'm like, here's where it starts. And yeah. I click it. And I'm like, come on, come on, make it happen, make it happen. I'm like checking over my shoulder, and then all of a sudden they start fucking. I'm like, that's what I knew it, nailed it. Well, you can tell from the guide when it would say like strong sexual content. It's like that's the one to watch, dude. Th- I, there was like I wished I could have gotten into like so many. There's so many things that I wished I could have rented when I was a kid. There's this movie called Gator Bait that I saw <laughs> that every great. fucking day. I 
I, it literally, I, every time we went into the rental store, it was like gator bait. It was in a glass case. Yeah. And I remember keep saying, like, saying to my dad, like, casually, like, do you think that one's good? I mean, we, we live on a lake. We like gators. Do you need our Wi-Fi? Um, it is. What is our Wi-Fi? Uh, I think it's my phone number. Uh, you know, but you know, but you know what though? Like, uh, like there's just those moments in time, though. Like you just had to be like dressed to kill. Hang on, all. Hang okay. on all. Did it work? All right, you're online. Uh, I just gave her my 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 password. Herpes boy thirty four. <laughs> <laughs> Trigger warning. You've got AIDS. Uh, <laughs> that's but, what I always. Uh, but uh, no, like you had to time it perfectly. Like dressed to kill. With Angie Dickinson naked in the shower was always just like the first 10 minutes. So you could even plot it out where like, oh, your grandma's in this room. Your mom's upstairs. Like, okay, it's on right now. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish there was. You know what I miss about masturbating is uh, is the urgency with which, it, with which it would show up when I was younger. But, and, but I'm saying like before. I'm not, and I don't want to sound like an old man. But before the internet, before all of that, there was like. You wouldn't be thinking about it, and then something would pop up. Like there was this thing called Foxy Boxing in in Tampa, and you know Ron Bennington. The name sounds familiar. He's Ron and Fez. He's out of uh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's Ron. Okay. And Ron, I think Ron would host Foxy Boxing, and it, but it would be on Channel Thirty Two. What's the matter? No, go ahead. What's the matter? I did. The, I don't want the the keyboard. Oh, you can't hear it. You can't okay. Hear it. You can't hear it. All right. These mics are fucking horrible. <laughs> um, Foxy Boxing was on um, Channel 32 or 30, I think it was 32 or 48, and it would just come on at like midnight. And it, the second it would come on, I, every part of me would just go, let's go right now. And, and it, But it was imp- like I have not – this is going to sound sad, but I haven't like I, – I don't think I've masturbated once in the maybe the past 10 years where I was aroused first. It's more like a decision like – uh, I guess I could do that, and then I have to work it up, like as opposed to, like it's there, and then I go, well, let's take care of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, no, I usually jerk off because I am horny. No, but I'm not horny sometimes. I'm just like bored. Not oh sometimes. yeah, well that's well no, I times. do that too. When you're like, okay, well, I just did the treadmill. Well, I mean, I, or I thought I, I did the treadmill for a while. Now I have three hours to the show. I'm going to jerk for the nap. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, jerk, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it when I'm hungover to boost up my serotonin. <laughs> I'll be like, I don't feel so good. I bet if I jerked off, I could go back to bed. It would calm me down. Right. Like, I, yeah, it's, I, a, I, it's it's a medical jerk. Yeah. My wife came in to, this morning to have sex. We ended up talking, and she was like, "Oh my god!" Like first time ever. I can't <laughs> believe we talked instead of having sex. And then I was like, "Oh, we could have sex." She's like, "Yeah." Do you think you could do it quick? And I was like, "Well, give me a second. But like, it was more like. I don't even know if I really wanted to have sex. I just knew that if I didn't do it then, that I wouldn't get it for a while. Like, like it was on the table, so I was like, well, fuck it. Hold on. Let me get ready. Like, <laughs> let me prep everything. But, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Did, what, did, you, did you start in Pittsburgh? I started comedy in San Francisco. Where, really? Yeah. How did you get, how did you get out of San Francisco? Uh, basically, I wanted to live in the city that I thought was like the boom of comedy and, you know, and the Grateful Dead and just part – San Francisco was awesome until, you know, the, the, the basically the uh, computer industry ruined it. Really? When were you in San Francisco? Uh, from the early 90s until 2007. Really? Eight? Whenever we – yeah, whenever – until Hurricane Katrina. That's the weekend I moved to L.A. I knew that because 
all of our shit was lost for a couple days, but we, we did bring one TV down so we could like hook up direct TV. Yeah. So on our little TV, it's like we're watching everyone else lose all their shit, so we couldn't really feel that bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I know my big TV's on a truck somewhere. It's not floating in the uh, Gulf of Mexico or whatever. This is this is going to sound very morbid, but it, do you enjoy? Um, not enjoy, but do you like when those big national disasters happen? Do you find it comforting to sit by the TV and watch it and follow it for four days? No, I no. As a matter of fact, like after nine eleven, I was actually the first day we got Direct TV. I'll never forget this was nine ten, and I love the fact that we had Direct TV on nine eleven because I could just watch Boomerang. Oh, and, you don't watch those and, and, and watch like the Looney Tunes and stuff. You don't watch those obsessively? No, not at all. Oh, dude, not I'm, at all. I'm not horrible. All. I'm horrible. I literally, really? yeah, like I start getting depressed when I feel like the coverage is falling out. Like when people stop caring. <laughs> hey, wait a second. There's another tragedy. Hold on. I'm yeah, not like, done with this one. I, one of my one of my favorite things is I don't know. I, I'm, I hope that there's someone that is hearing this at least and going like he's not a bad person. He's just there's some condition to this. But like. When hurricane season happens, I fucking track hurricanes on Weather Channel all the time. And if it if it's gonna touch land, I'm I'm like I'm I leave it on when I'm on the road. I leave it on when I go to the club. And when I come home, I almost like it's almost like a blanket. I get in bed and I'm like, oh, let's watch what's going on with what's Jim Cantone doing. Does your TiVo know you like hurricanes? Like, oh, there's a new one coming. <laughs> come home and there's like four new hurricanes on your TiVo. We haven't had TiVo in so long, but I still say TiVo. <laughs> I still say TiVo. Yeah, I, we whatever direct whatever. Yeah, I go it's like t- Coca Cola. Make, sh- make sure you TiVo it, and yeah. the man's like, "What?" But yeah, yeah I, I'm, we're uh, I, I'm I this is sad, but like I'm out of this house so much these days that nothing I watch is recorded anymore. Like I've been taking off, I've been taking off the like that's sad, but yeah. like it's all Teen Titans Go, it's all the kids stuff is like the first nine, and then it's like Downton Abbey. True Detective, like all the Ann shit, and then maybe there's a thirty for thirty on there. Yeah, maybe. the only thing I yeah, my old TiVo, the one that re, the one that I still have it. Yeah, it literally ha- it's like the archives of the greatest things in the world. It's like Lemieux goals and Steelers Super Bowls is on that TV, oh. like all the highlights. But that one died, so the new one. I mean, all I really care about is making sure that I have my hockey highlights every night for my podcast. After that. It's the late the ladies. I mean, my daughter watches. Uh, just last night, she was watching such. Cr- I'm like, come what with the family. Why listen on your iPad? So she was watching the shit that was so hurtful to my soul. I'm like, we're going to watch Tom Sawyer with uh, <laughs> with Jodie Foster with Injun Joe. That's what we watched. <laughs> they called him Injun Joe. Yeah, and that was my nickname back in Pittsburgh. Uh, was Injun Joe, and really? I used to be so scared Injun Joe when I was a kid too. Really? Wait, wait, wait. What? Uh, hold on. Uh, what was she gonna watch? She was watching like Boy Meets World or Girl oh, Meets oh, it's World. The new one with Topanga and Fred Savage. I don't know. They live. They in get new- married and they, they have live kids. in New York and like and they're supposed to live in New York. I'm like, no one in New York has an apartment that's that nice unless they're named Trump. Yeah, and no one. He still looks like a child. The Ben Savage. Yeah, it was just so. This black guy worked in a. It worked in a aquarium store, and all they sold was goldfish. And I'm like, that's really going to pay the rent at Fourth and Eighth Avenue. <laughs> that's when you know. That's when you know the city. Like I used to watch Friends and go, uh, that's not what a subway station looks like. 
<laughs> clean, and they just walked in. So what do you guys? I go, where's the homeless guy playing bongos on a on a tin can? Oh my god, that's the worst. Especially when the hotter it gets, the more annoying the uh, the drum circle with the uh, with the buckets. Oh. Like I didn't, I don't mind, I didn't mind the uh, uh, the break dancing as much as that. The, the the drum circle. Like, the I like drum- my favorite part of New York is the guys who go to Washington Square and dive over people. <laughs> Do you ever see those guys? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those yeah. young black kids yeah. who just dive over fucking 18 people <laughs> and everyone just gets around and starts clapping. It's the weirdest fucking like they had it in Montreal. Like, and when we were in Montreal, they had those people that would jump over people. Really? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like I used to be really good at that as a kid. I could dive over a hedge. And land and dive into a diving roll. I used to be really good at that as a kid. I used to be very acrobatic. Yeah. Oddly enough, I'm so fucking fat right now. You look good. Have you been working out? Thank you. Thank you. Is that, is that, can we cut this as a highlight clip and send yeah. it to my mom? <laughs> <laughs> send no. mine to my dad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I lost. I've lost like 25 pounds, and it, you know, I just trying to be healthier. How did I, had, you- I, you know, just had to lose some weight. How'd you do it? How did I lose some weight? Uh, it, it stopped enjoying myself. Did you, is it all around diet? Um, a lot, a lot less drinking, That'll and do it. a lot less, and re- kind of like no red meat, and kind of just being a queer at night. Like, I'll oh, have some frozen grapes, and not like chocolate covered Twinkies. <laughs> the the uh, I I am really good until like fucking four o'clock. Like right now, all I've had is a shake. Uh, I, like a really healthy shake, yeah. protein powder, mean green, uh, unsweetened almond milk, and some berries, and then I had some egg whites and chopped up uh, chicken breast. Wow, that's, that's all a, I've yeah, had. that's really healthy. Like that's I'm really healthy. Know, that healthy. And plus, I've been doing the I've been doing the treadmill a lot. Uh, I have <coughs> I've been walking roughly about ten miles a day on my Fitbit, like around twenty five thousand steps a day. So I've been working out like crazy. Yeah, I've been well, eating you, right. be, you look good though. Well, what happened? No, I'm the fattest I've ever fucking been. Really? I'm the fattest. You seem solid ever when we hugged. I was like, that's that's a man. It's my that's, back. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, no, but you're you're like you're like I, I like to kind of quote a tell because I'd love to. You're like steak fat. You're not like jelly donut fat. I'm steak fat. That's a good. You know what I mean? Like you're like that. manly fat. Like I, like that's what I was. I mean, I was when I'm big, I look like Tony Supra. Like I don't I don't have like a a jiggly fat. Yeah, I don't. And have that's the, a disgusting fat. That's a that's a gay fat. That's, that's not like a man fat. Yeah, I like. I'm very big. Uh, I, I'm like that. I like. I like. I still like lifting weights. And I, I my thing is walking. But the problem is, I get to like dinner last night, and I'm like, I, we fucking. My wife goes, let's do leftovers. We've been cooking all week, so I've been here. So um, we do leftovers, and it's like meatloaf, ribs, like beef ribs, pork ribs. They're like you know, like only a few left. But I have two kids only having one rib, and then there's like two extra ribs, and then a beef rib, and then half a half a thing of meatloaf. I ate so fucking much last night, and then I sleep, and I wake up, I'm the same fucking weight. But I worked out a ton. Yeah. I, eat heath, I eat healthy half the fucking day. But muscle is also, uh, muscle weighs more than fat. So if you're working out, you could be a lot thinner fat-wise, but the muscle's heavier. I That's just, what I tell myself. It's, it's, they, they say it should be like based on how your pants fit. But like, man, when you start getting weight, sweatpants are such enablers. They really—they're literally like the friend that's like, "Come on, man, you don't have a problem. Have one drink." Right. And jeans are like the strict asshole that are like, "Fucking dude, oh, yeah. one drink means you're gonna get fucking hammered." 
And because I can't, I have jeans. I have one pair of jeans that I can wear. I can't wear them right out of the washer. Like out of the washer, I gotta put them on and stretch them out, and then I can wear them. And then once they've been worn for like five days, they start getting comfortable. Yeah, that's. I mean, literally, what happened to me was uh, going. Um, I was at the hotel, you know, like an hour to go. Oh, I'm like two blocks from Gotham. No yeah. problem. I literally, the jeans I packed, my black jeans, my nice ones, non-faded, like it's Gotham yeah, yep, weekend. Yep, yeah, yeah. Headlining <laughs> me and Versi all in, baby. Dude, it, I, got, I got up to like my knee and I'm like, I'm like oh, ah. that is the worst fucking feeling. <laughs> when you when they get mid-thigh and you're like, this isn't making over to the ass. No, it's not. not I'm like, ah, like I can wear shorts my first like, or I can wear like dirty, like, blue jeans that were on the plane like uh yeah. so i literally do a cir- i do a circle around you know manhattan there's like 30 stores in a yeah. block none couldn't find any black i'm like i'm like oh my god everywhere i walked in, well, i finally walked into like the buffalo exchange and i'm like i'm looking frankly it's big i don't know if it was a girl that's gonna be a boy or a girl that's gonna be a girl i'm not quite sure which one yeah. but she's like big black bigger than me it was yeah. like well, you need help with sweetheart, and I'm like, I need something that I need jeans my boys can fit into. And he yeah. goes, he or she's like, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Save my ass. Uh, the, the, and I went up. They go, I go. Is there a re- turn policy? Well, if you, I go, I don't even care. And it was twenty bucks. And boom, save save the day. But yeah, no, I only have like two pairs of jeans that fit. You know, it's like I I I want I want there to be. Um, I, I went to I went to Gap. I had a pair of jeans that were too tight. I went to Gap. I'm in, and here's the problem with my body is like my legs are a size, you know, like my legs and calves are a size 36. My waist is a size 38. So like that's in the ball game of no, reg- no, but no. I'm I'm saying like meaning when I put on a pair of 38s, they feel comfortable, but they look ugly on the they look ugly on me. When I put on a pair of 36, they look good on me, but they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, that that's making sense? A hundred percent. And I always go with relaxed fit. I don't oh. give a shit what I look like. I look. I always go. You go uh, tight and, and, and uncomfortable? I go tight and uncomfortable because I believe that'll get me to lose weight. Yeah. I, I, I just go with. Clearly it hasn't. <laughs> Clearly it hasn't. <laughs> no, because when I go tight and uncomfortable, I'm not comfortable on stage. And then it's like, then whatever, like the, the mentally, the I'm not loosey goosey on stage. It, I don't know if it comes off or whatever. I just know that when my boys are nice and loose, it's a better, you know. I, I do that with shirts. Oh, yeah. I, well, I, I stopped wearing For years, I, I, everyone, I always wore the bowling. Everyone's like, Barnick wears bowling shirts all the time. What do you need? I go, no, because they're the only shirts that make my gut not look. You know, Tony Soprano shirts, like, I wore them forever until I lost enough weight where I couldn't. And then, like, once this winter, I'm like, I got to go back to the Tony Soprano shirts. I I stopped wearing shirts altogether on stage. Yes. I haven't worn a shirt on stage in two years. (laughs) I literally haven't worn a shirt because because of that same thing. Yeah. I look, and I know this doesn't make any sense to anyone else, but I look fat in a shirt. Yeah, like I look fat in a shirt. No dress without shirt a shirt. Without a shirt, I don't actually don't even look that fat. Like, right? It, it sounds really crazy, but like when a dress shirt gets tight around the belly, and you move, and you can see it not move with the body and not hang, <laughs> I look fat. Uh, and, yeah. and 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 I was getting self conscious of it. I was talking. My youngest daughter's uh, it was at the time in occupational therapy because she was. I mean, it's rearing its head again. But she is as she develops her fucking kid's brain is just fucking wired very fucking different like wired like a like like 
Tony Sopranos. Like just a interesting, like almost deviant, almost like fucking bizarre. Like it really Excuse a weird my ignorance. What is occupational therapy? You it don't is... have to go down if you don't want. No, no, that I'm far, fuck. But... I've, I've always talked about this. No, but um, I mean, I, yeah, and that's what I mean. If everyone's yeah. heard it before. Oh no, 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 no. I I don't talk about this much. Okay, um, but like I don't mind talking about it. Uh, it is. Um, there, do you ever have problems with the kids where like they'd put on their they'd, like their socks felt weird? Did you ever know anyone like that? Their socks or what? Like you'd put on socks and then you put on shoes on the socks and the the socks felt weird in the shoe because of the seam on the toe or like uh, or like oh yeah well, ca- people who would unlike don't like tabs uh, on the back on okay. the back of their shirts or or like there's a something on their in their pants and their pants feel weird. Okay. It's basically tactile. She's got tactile issues which I have. Meaning, like, I can only wear certain types of things that I feel comfortable in. Sure. Like, if, and if it, Isn't that everybody, though? Uh, no. It, it, it's a, it, it borders on a like little I bit. Like, I never wear socks unless I'm wearing boots. It drives people crazy. I could never do that. I could never do that. Really? I, because tactilely, that would make me crazy the whole fucking time. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't wear underwear because wearing pa- something underpants, un- like, wearing underpants, underpants would make me feel cramped and claustrophobic like it would make me crazy so i never wear underwear um and like there's so there's a lot of things like i'm sure i'm mis- explaining this but I, that was one of the things and that was causing uh there's you know way way the way brains are made sometimes are just that they fire differently i have that brain isla has that brain it's my the, they call it a hot singlet it's like a brain that fires interestingly sometimes it's up sometimes it's down sometimes it loses its shit mostly if it's undealt with as children you end up with uh substance abuse problems well hence my career but like but like uh but so i don't know how we got onto this but like isla has fucking tactile issues oh with the shirt thing okay so so we take her to occupational therapist as she's going through the litany of things that were like as she's saying it it's like a laundry list of things that we're dealing with with Isla, I'm recognizing they're all things I've dealt with in my childhood and had to just get through it. And it also builds into anxiety attacks and panic disorder. Like all these things kind of just build into like this fucking laundry list of something that could make someone out of their fucking mind crazy or tough to deal with, tough to be around, you know? And so she's doing it and I start going like, as she's doing it, my wife's also looking directly at me going like, this is you. And I was like, "This is me." <laughs> Don't wives have a way of yeah. looking at your at the kid like this is all your fault? Yeah, <laughs> it's your yeah. genes. And I'm like, I'm like, and I the go, Roman Empire. She's like, "Do you have a problem with this stuff?" And I go, I I go. I, at the time, I was having a very hard time on stage because I was gaining weight and I felt like I was sweating. And I wasn't sweating because I was nervous. I was sweating because I was interactive and I was excited. And I would sweat would start right in my right here, like right on my chin line. And on my armpits, and then it would show up on my back, and I would th- it would make me think the audience thinks I'm nervous, but I'm not nervous at all. I have no nerves, and I was and and, and like you do something where like you'd raise your hands, and then your shirt would stay there, and that would make me self conscious. And I said to this lady, I was like, um, and then the lady just very candidly said, "Well, why do you wear a shirt?" Like when I perform, I said, "When I perform," she didn't know I was a comic. I said, well, why do you wear a shirt? Thinking I'm maybe like a rock star or something. And I was like, I was like, I don't know why. And so I started taking my shirt off on stage. Second I get off on stage, I just rip my shirt off. And it would get such a huge response that I was like, oh, and then I'd put it back on and people would boo. 
And then one day I was like, fuck it, I'm doing the whole show with my shirt off. Ripped it off, did the whole show with my shirt off. And then, and by the way, five minutes in, no one noticed that my shirt was off anymore. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm done wearing shirts on stage. So I started not wearing shirts on stage, and I haven't worn a shirt. I, I'll do it sometimes. Like if I'm doing a short set, I'll wear a shirt on stage, like 15 minutes. I think I remember following you at the SF Punchline, and you had your shirt off. Yeah. I, like yeah. two years ago, and the crowd made me take my shirt off, and it was w- much worse. I, I, <laughs> like, I, it was like, ugh. And they were like, it was okay set. But I'm like, I'm like yeah, what, like, what, you know, no, like, what happened? And it was like, yeah, I don't know. They made Bird had his shirt off. They made me take my shirt off. I, you know, it wasn't. Uh, I'm, I'm that. That is my my. I just like. All, you know how your life. You just remember. Now I remember. I remember that exactly. It was a Sunday night, like it, two years ago. I, it's it's it's, and then you start like like there's certain things I used to like wearing boots on stage. Then like uh, Rogan said something to me. He was like, I, I, "This isn't what he said, but this is what I heard." But like, what if you have to get away? Like that, that sounded so odd. Like not that I don't he, that can't be what he said, but he's like, oh, I always always wear sneakers on stage. What if you have to get away? <laughs> or I don't. We were all fucked up. Who knows what he said? But that's what I heard. Like, what if you have to get away? And then I was like, man, I don't want to wear boots. I need sneakers. <laughs> and I started thinking like I'd be on stage and I noticed that my boots weren't that much traction. And I was like, fuck, I need to get away. Really? I, so now I wear sneakers on stage. I try to be as comfortable as I possibly can on stage. Without lowering the decorum of the room, I would wear flip flops or, or, or my set. Like, like if it's like a Friday night, I'll always wear, you know, like club. Always wear or like with Bill or Lisa, whatever. Like, always wear like black pants, nice shirt, in my most comfortable black shoes. Yeah, and like every then everything after that is lower and lower. Just shy of nursing shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, like, I like, I have a pair of really comfortable uh, dress shoes that you don't you know that you don't have to tie to just yeah. step into. Yeah. So then these are like my nice tennis shoes I wear for every other set that isn't like if it basically like if I'm getting paid, which is most of the time. If I'm just trying out stuff, I don't really care what it looks like. But if I'm getting paid, I try to up the ante. Oh, and, and, and oh other my God. Than, and other than that, I want to be as comfortable as possible with, without looking terrible. This you is know what I mean? like, the best conversation I've ever had on my podcast. <laughs> because, because and, and this is something I hope every comic is listening to right now. What you wear on stage is something some guys pay no mind to. Like, and then some guys, like myself, I've been obsessive about it. I've been obsessive about what I wear on stage. Because when I first started, I didn't give a fuck. I really didn't give a fuck. And then someone said something to me, and it got in my head. I used to wear flip-flops on stage for the first fucking uh, 10 – no, not 10, not 10. For the first probably two years of doing stand-up, I, did, I wore flip-flops on stage every time. And and I wore the same flip-flops, Kino flip-flops from West from Key West. They're, uh, they're, <laughs> I, they were my most comfortable flip-flops. I wore them every single day. I wore them everywhere I went. I don't even know if I had a pair of closed-toed shoes. And so in New York, and so I definitely didn't have a pair of sneakers in New York. I did not own sneakers in New York. I only know that because I remember wanting one day going, I should get a pair of sneakers. And I was like, I don't have, I don't, what, what, yeah, what do they New look New York's like? a two-shoe town. Yeah. Your boots your, and uh, whatever other shoe. <laughs> Blundstones and, and flip-flops yeah. and kinos. Yeah. And they were my, and I felt like those defined me. And then one day I go to host at the, at the Hollywood Improv. I move out to L.A. 
I get I, – I had a, by the way, I had a fucking TV show. I wore flip-flops every day on the TV show. <laughs> every fucking day. And so I go to do uh, – I go to host at the improv and Bud Freeman's standing at like – I don't know what it, I don't. I mean, you remember what the old improv looks like, but like the uh, I, I'm trying to judge it now. But like where the DJ booth was, there used to be like a little place where comics would be around. And yeah, Bud was on the step down right by the door, and I walked up, and I was on the step up, and he just puts has the monocle, and he goes, hmm, "Mr. Kreischer, you know we have a closed-toed shoe policy on this club. I'm 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 I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be changing shoes before your show." <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Yes, sir." And I ran out to my car, and I had my Blundstones in my car, and I put them on, and I have never worn flip flops since, and that because of that one moment, and I went, and then and and then one time I wanted to wear my flip flops, and someone's like, "No, man, you're the boot guy," and I went, "Oh fuck!" And then I got all in my head. I look at Louis and like what he wears on his specials, yeah. and I th- I wonder. And here's a question I'll put out: Do you, do you? Do you dress the same every time you go on stage, including a special, or would you go trying stuff out outfit, uh, working with Bill or Lisa outfit, special outfit? I I would g- lean that way. So I lean that way. Like sometimes, like for for a long time with Lisa, I'd always wear a sport coat, and that's because she was in a more dressed up phase. I kind of if and if it's New Year's Eve, like when Bill dressed up, then I get dressed up. But I never outdress the 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 headliner of a theater. So do you like <laughs> so so like say you're doing New Year's Eve? Bill's wearing a suit. I wear a suit, really? but I wear my sort of suit. I don't wear a tie, and I always wear black jeans. But you okay. can't tell it's black jeans open. If it's New Year's Eve, it'll be the red shirt, red handkerchief, uh, black coat. I always, I almost always wear black when I'm on a real set. I always wear black pants, and I always have black in my. There might be some red up here, or some blue, or some white. Tony, but it's always mostly black, and that's what Molly. You know, you know Molly. Yeah. She didn't. I mean, we've been we were best friends forever. We're still, we were, we're like brother sister. She didn't see me in in blue jeans until I moved to LA. She was. I've never seen you in a pair of blue jeans. Really? <laughs> yeah. What now? I can I tell you? Sure. I feel like, like I'm doing a special. Uh, I think in January. Or December or January, right. maybe even February, if at the rate this fucking booking's going. But like, uh, but I'm doing a Showtime or a special. I shouldn't say for who, uh, but I, maybe I should. Who you knows? Can beep it out. Yeah, tell you, what, 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 why do I over? They're not listening. Um, <laughs> but uh, and I was talking to the people, and I said, "Yeah, I'm definitely doing it shirtless. Like I'm, I haven't done stand up. Why would I put on a suit? I haven't worn a suit. I don't yeah. do stand up in suits." I haven't worn a collared shirt on stage. No, no, I don't mean to interrupt. But what, what, if, what? Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon. Would they let you be topless? Or I, would, would you I wouldn't be, tell them. And you just take your shirt I off. Mean, first of all, they'll never book me to do stand up. But like, okay, why? Well, I, I mean, no, I mean, I just say that because I, all my they'd book me to do stand up, but then I'd go and tell one story, and then I'm sure after they heard the story, they'd be like, "That's a much better panel story." Okay, because like, like that's what happened with Letterman. Is like I was booked to do the show, and everyone assumed it would be stand up and then when they looked at my material they were like this is he's doing panel like they just tell a story to dave and then he can interact it's a better it's it's better than just doing like me going monologuing a story about (laughs) fucking fighting a bear you know scuba diving right so um but if i did stand up on fallon if they were like want you to do six seven six six minutes tell the story 
I'd walk right out. I'd t- I wouldn't tell them. I'd just take my shirt off. I'd, I'd say, give me a handheld mic. I don't want to be mic'd. I'd walk out. I'd take my shirt off, and I'd start stand-up that way. And, I, <laughs> and I, they'd cancel it or not, but I'm doing it my way. I'm right. at a point in my career where I'm so – and I had this in, in a dream last night. I've been, I dreamt of this. I'm so tired of the way I fucked up when I was younger by trying to conform to what I thought was successful that now I don't give a fuck. Like I, it was, a, it was a, the biggest misstep in my career was, and I was, and I, and by the way, I was fairly successful. Like I was on TV shows and I was booking stuff, but what was ha- the stuff, the times I succeeded, I was, I was like, fuck it. I'm doing it my way. I'm tired of it. But I remember booking, I remember like getting brought, called into producers doing a read. This is back when everyone read for like 20 sitcoms a, a season and I did it the way I thought they'd look for the character they wanted the character. I, I could read it, and they're like, so I did it like, ah, okay, all right, like high <laughs> energy, and they, were, and they were like, this is great. Bring him to producers. Actually, yeah, bring, it was the first time I ever went. This is a little, anyway, so I go to producers, and then I come in, and I do it that way, and they're like, that's amazing. And then they're like, we want you to do it one more. We're going to bring in talent. We want you to improv. And I was like, okay. And in the improv, I couldn't keep up the character. Because I was like, I don't, I don't know what this guy does. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Do I want to be that guy? Do I want to be Kramer for the rest of my fucking life? Right. And uh, so now I'm like, if I was going to do Fallon, I'd just rip my shirt off. I wouldn't. I would never tell them. Would, okay. Okay. I just want you know. Yeah. Just want you know. Wanted to see. Like, if you wanted me to panel, I keep my shirt on because I look disgusting sitting down. <laughs> Definitely, I keep your shirt on. But, but that would be awesome. Just see Letterman's face, like uh, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> It's, but I, I think that what I enjoyed in entertainment, like there was a Vince Vaughn, I don't know if it's still on there, but there was a Vince Vaughn clip a long time ago of him telling a story to David Letterman. This is like very beginning of his career, probably like 98. And it is so fucking good. And it's clear that Vince Vaughn has respect for Letterman, but he doesn't give a fuck. Right. And I, and I remember watching that going, that's what, that's what a star is when they right. don't give a fuck. Yeah. When they really don't give a fuck. When you see someone giving a fuck, it's just so sad. Yeah. Like it's it's not and it's not what makes us entertaining. You know? Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't find very many people entertaining. Really? <laughs> who do you like who do you like watching doing stand up? Uh Burr, uh Jim Jeffries. Yeah. Um, I wish I saw more of you. I remember, remember we were talking at the comedy store. You're yeah. like, I never play around here. And that's why I, that's why I came down and brought my wife. We came to see you. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're like, we never get to see Bert Kreischer, you know? I, I feel like, uh, yeah. uh, So I, just the people that are out there. Uh, um, you know, I love, I, I love, I love my buddy, my touring partner, Paul Verzi. I love He's, Paul. Paul Verzi's awesome. Um, Kevin Shea. Oh, yeah. Because you're never going to know what Shea's going to It's all the people that... You don't know what they're going to say, but they're professional enough, Sam Tripoli, but they're professional enough to where it's going to be good or at least they've thought about it. I don't like – I despise the people that go up and think everything that they say is funny and they're going to talk for four hours. Yeah. Like, I don't like that at all. No. Like, I, you know, and, and, and you know, I mean, even like – I mean, and I opened for Chappelle tons of times way back – pre whatever pre and you know whenever he if he puts it all in an hour it's brilliant for seven hours watching him chain smoke it's like i'd rather watch my grandfather he's funnier yeah chain smoking and, and shooting the it's, shit i mean i you know i like i like when people try to put an act on and not work out their 
craziness. It was uh it was it's an interesting uh <laughs> that's I don't I like it yes, I agree. It's like I, I find it somewhat uh and I get maybe I don't know, I can't I can't speak for Chappelle but and I can't speak on his experiences. Maybe they're all, all he can do is perform in amphitheaters. Maybe that's the only thing. Maybe it's the only place he can work out material. But like, I agree with what you're saying. If yeah, I, no, I mean, if, I know definitely. When I saw him the other, I saw him in Seattle like last year. I was performing with Bill, and we're like, "Oh, we got done." We're like, "Let's go see Chappelle," and it was him in the theater, and it was like, "Whoa!" He took the four hours, the seven hours he'd do with the punchline, and put it into two. Yeah, and it was a different level. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. All I'm saying is, I don't think even people's podcast. I love Ari Shafir, but sometimes when I see on the thing it's three hours and ten minutes, it's like, I don't, I don't want to listen to that. A fucking. <laughs> so I, you know I, I love I, mean? like, I love Ari to death, but like when and he his does podcast those, is he is one of the only podcasts I listen to. By the way, it's a great podcast. He, you know, and I say this, I'd say this to Ari because I love him. Yeah, but it's because he's got he's almost like socially misaligned with the universe because he says things to people that could be construed as like a Barbara Walters question, but he doesn't mean it like that. He means it curiously. Like right. when, when, did you ever listen to the one with him and um, Teeb talk about uh, Teeb's drinking? Yes. It's a fucking great podcast. Yeah. It was fucking fascinating. And, but Ari says stuff to him like, no, 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 you're annoying when you drink. And, <laughs> and, and you, like, I would never say that to anyone, but he's right. like, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, I mean, you did, you did a lot of coke, right? Like, <laughs> it's almost like stuff you're like, hey, keep that on the DL, but that's Ari. That's the way he right. operates. But I think that's why he has a great podcast. It's what makes him great. But when you hear him monologue, unless he's talking, unless he cries, when you hear him monologue <laughs> the front, you're like, you're like, write that down in a book. Work on it and then bring it to me. Okay, yeah. But I just mean in general, just the rambling about. I mean, that's why, like, on my couple of podcasts, we always keep them an hour. Like, that's it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care who we have. We, uh, we'll we do two parts if it's somebody incredible that I, we're I not going like to get I, again. I feel but, like I have to break over the hour, definitely. Yeah. I, it, oh, uh, under two hours, over the hour is good for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like it once, and I've done... I've done some. I've done some long ones. I did one with Doug Benson that was five hours, and that was, by the way, the best thing I've ever done in my life. I did one with Rogan that was five hours on Rogan's podcast. Well, yeah, Benson can keep the energy up for some reason for five hours. Oh no, Stanhope. Oh, Stanhope. Yeah, he's another guy that can yeah. keep it up though. There's a few guys that can't, but even that, okay, it's a podcast. You can like, okay, I'm in the car, listen to it while I, while I get to LAX, and then I'll be done for an hour. Then in the plane, maybe. I'm talking on stage though. That's just oh, keeping yeah. that's just keeping people hostage. Here's the deal: a stand up com- a stand up comedy show should be 50 minutes. Wow. I think if you're going to do not a whole show, I wouldn't have a career then because the people just wouldn't bring me with them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant, I meant, I meant like when I'm on stage speaking, I should speak for 50 yeah. minutes. That's it. I think that's I, the I, perfect. I, not you personally, but I think like I always feel like when people say, "Yeah, you, know, you got you, you, you got to do 45, but do as much as you want." I can count on one hand how many times I've gone over an hour because oh. I just don't have that much to I say. I can count. I couldn't count. On all the hands in this room and at my daughter's school, how many fucking times I've gone over an hour? Like I've gone, I've gone. My my uh, disease is if I if I get if I don't get off at the top of the at the hour, then it's definitely an hour fifteen. It'll definitely be an hour fifteen. You always have to hit the. Uh, you know, you always have to hit the the, the the fifteen or half or it'll be it'll be an hour twenty five it'll be an hour thirty like I've gotten off stage and I was like that wasn't bad and and you see the whole wait staff sitting by the bar and they're like really 
because we would like to go home. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, I'm, and I say this, in, there's not one wait staff in the country that doesn't like me. However, when I go fucking long, they all fucking hate me. Well, here's, a, here's something I always notice, about, at least about me, that my best shows are when a waitress is crying. <laughs> like, when the crowd is that crazy or angry or drunk, yeah. that's, that's my crowd. If, if you get back, how was the show? And the manager's like shaking his head because two waitresses are crying and there's yeah. like, the cops are outside. Like, then I, that's when I'm selling CDs. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's my best crowd. There's a, you know, the energy <laughs> then is like, people always like, you know, I don't like, you know, but usually like the early shows are my, are usually the worst for me. Cause those are like the people with dates and the people that don't want to hear what I have to say or like, you know what I mean? Those are like, the oh, I can't believe you said like people looking at me like, but the late show, it's like, those are my, those are people that were, can't get there by eight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, f- I feel like when I first started, I wanted uh, the late shows were the ones that I liked the best. Yeah. Now I feel like I the late shows for me are absolute chaos. Because like, you have so many true fans, though. Well, I, no, I have a lot of, but I have a lot of fans who love fucking drinking. Right. And so those late shows, they start drinking at eight. Yeah, they're literally they're tailgating fucking, your show. And yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, like I'm not even joking. Like ambulances are coming. <laughs> Dudes are seizing up. Like I had a guy seize up at a table. I had a guy fall face forward onto the table and split his head open. Like it is that is the fucking. You're like plant. the stones, dude. Like trouble happens. I, it is. <laughs> it is chaos. It's pretty cool though. Actually, I, mean, I fucking. It's like awesome. It. You have fans that great too. I like it. You know? I like it because it's fun. But then now I look at the early shows. It's like a fun place. Like and my early shows pretty much are like a sober spot where I do like where I'm working. And I'm really having fun, but I'm having fun because I'm doing stand-up. My late shows sometimes have turned into these fucking, like, these, like, I'm a rodeo clown. Yeah. That's what's so great about working with Bill is even when you play these theaters, what happens to them, they're not even like anything drinking past the, like, the gate, you know? Yeah. And they're so into stand-up that they're listening to everything you're saying. And you're thinking, man, these jokes are great. Then you go try to play them in the beer hall, and they're just like... People look at you like they're not on that wavelength of genius. Not I'm a genius. Whatever. They're, nope. not the, they're, they're not trying to think and be in the joke. They're worried about like, oh, no, we ordered four margaritas, uh, not two. I used, to tour, you know, I used to tour with Jay Moore uh, for a long time. Yeah. And he always had sold out shows. I mean, sold out two on Thursday, two on Friday, three on Saturday, two on Sunday. Sold out. Fucking like O&A comedy fans. Like. And you just say anything, and it would just murder. And then, and I remember thinking, I remember thinking at the time, like I am the greatest comic alive. <laughs> I am top five, top five guys under thirty. That's me right now, like no questions asked. And then I started headlining, the same, like the same jokes that were destroying yeah. were now crickets. And I was like, and I, and I had to do hours. And I was like, motherfucker. But you learn, like part of that is. Is this weird getting confident on stage? And then when you go out as a headliner, like turning that corner and going, okay, now I got to figure out how to make fucking strangers laugh. Right. Making strangers laugh is the hardest fucking thing in the world. Well, I, yeah, you know, I'm, um, I'm, actually, I'm actually coming, I don't know, I, I almost different, I'm almost in a different way because I think I've made strangers laugh forever until maybe two or three years, until working with like Bill. Well, well, no, in the sense, like, right before I left the Bay Area, I was starting to get fans. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. fans. Yeah. Fans of me. 
And then you move to LA, and uh, only Bill and like you know whatever, and Sarah Silverman draw. Everybody else is like, who gives a shit? Uh, yeah. But so, but now when I go around, and so, but now between my puck off and a few other things, and people knowing me from Bill's shows, I kind of have more fans around the country. So now I feel like people are coming to see me, and it's easier. But I think the whole rest of the time, I've only been making strangers laugh. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? I agree with what you're saying. I was not that guy. Okay, I was I was I was making strangers laugh in New York for a short period of time. I, st- I think I started touring with uh, Jay. Maybe I was like four years in, th- four years in, three years in, four years in. And I remember at one point being in a room. It was me, Rob Cantrell, and Barry Katz. And Rob Cantrell was like, "How long has Bert been doing it?" And I remember Barry saying, "Well, Bert's an anomaly. He found his voice very quickly." And I was like, four years." And he was like, "What?" And I was like, yeah, I've been only doing it four years. I started when I was 26, and I was 30 at the time that that conversation happened. And I was, and I was like, I thought I was on fire. And then, and then you, I don't know, you get to headlining, get to headlining. I mean, one of the things I miss really is like, not and not miss. I mean, I don't say I'm like longing for this or pining for this moment, but being unknown, going into like the Dayton Funny Bone, and doing an hour of fucking really great. I've never heard of you material, and they're like, and people are lined up to be like, that was, you're great. We saw uh, fucking uh, Tribal the Smoke Monger who came in last week, and he's been our favorite, but you're our favorite now. Yeah. I miss those days a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm way still in the, hey, we didn't know who the hell you are. You're great. It's, I'm way yeah. still in that phase, but I know what you mean, though. I totally know what you mean, just having people come up and go, that was great. We know who you were, you know, and, and I'll tell you that. And that's kind of like the difference between working with Lisa and working with Bill. Cause with wait, wait, wait. OK, do that for me. What is the difference between working with Lisa and working with Bill? Like, like working with Lisa is. And for those of you not listening, Lisa Lampanelli, it's Lisa Lampanelli. Uh, Queen of Mean. I can't imagine anyone would think it's another Lisa. I know, there's not in comedy. Not in. I think Lisa's almost like Prince, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bartnick, you fucking crazy fuck. Uh, with Lisa, they they might not know. Now they've been with her seven, eight years. Almost, you know, that now they almost uh, the best is when they come up because I'm nervous. A, you're always playing. I'm doing a half hour. I'm I think I'm always playing the greatest hits. Yeah. That's all you Bartnick always kills. I I'm gonna keep that job. That's the best paying yeah. uh, I can't get a real job like as good as that, oh, that yeah. gig, you know. So um I'm always playing the hits, but you know, after all the few years in, I'm like, I got five minutes to myself. And so and, and then you keep adding new stuff and we're comfortable. But when people come up and go, we love the new stuff, then you're like, Oh, right on. Cause the whole time I'm like, there's gonna there's these people have been to like Chicago five times, like ah yeah. with her. Anyway, the di- the difference really is is that with the queen, people don't know who you are for the first time, at least. But they assume you're well. Let's put it this way: first of all, playing any theater with anybody, I people say, "Oh, they know who you are." It must be tough going out there. It's not tough. People pay seventy-five bucks to go see a comedy show. If you have an act and you're funny, you're. Where's the wood? You're, no, it's all over the walls. Yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna kill. Yeah. Or you're going to do well. Yeah. So that's, it's not like, it's not, no, it's awesome. It's the most awesome thing in the world. It's like, it's like, it's like batting cages. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. For like, you're not going to get beaned. <laughs> and if you do, your dad's going to go complain and they'll get, you give your money back. <laughs> yeah. 
So so that's so that's a, it's, it's all gravy. It's all awesome. But with the queen, it's like they think they don't they they don't they they, they think you're fa- they think you're famous because you're with the queen because the queen transcends comedy. Like there's people that wouldn't know wouldn't know Bill Burr, or Dave Attell, or Burt Kreischer if they if they got hit by their car. Yeah. But they know the queen. Yeah. So the, they they just think you're like in some sitcom they never saw before and like. Like so, you, oh, so you're just even being in front of her. It puts you to a level of like you know her. How if you know her, you must be successful. Yeah, and you got to be funny. This is oh, this guy. Oh my god, what show are you on? Yeah. You know, and, and like you signing autographs. This is like oh my god, you're amazing. You know, yeah. where with bills, they're more they're comedy people. It's it, it, so you're more like in the envelope of like these are the comedy's highest fans per se. Yeah, like they know good stuff, so you want to give them a great show, and then when they respect the great show, and they're like, "You're a great comic," or what? I'm not trying to. to no, no, no. Horn, I got but it. You know I got I mean? it. I got it. You ready for this analogy? Yes. Okay. Tell me if this is accurate. Okay. I'm working with Lisa is like she's like Starbucks. Everyone's familiar, and if your CD is showing at the front of Starbucks, you got to be good. Like, if your CD's at the counter of Starbucks, you got to be fucking good. Right. Working with Bill is like an artisan coffee shop where you go in, and and if your CD's in there, you're like, listen, this is fucking, this is hip. This is this is going to be hot. I'm gonna, this is going to be my best, this is going to be my favorite CD. Because they they go in for that. I don't know why I'm using CDs as an example. I should right. say flavors of coffee. But like, <laughs> but like, Bill's like an artisan coffee shop that's big, but it's not like it's not like uh, across the country in every market. Lisa, I is, think I think that's even better. Like, Bill's is in all of the places you like. Bill's would be in you know whatever all the hip towns. Like Where, Austin, yeah. <laughs> oh, like yeah. We had to drive to Austin to get Bill's, to yeah. get to get Bill's coffee. You can't get Bill's coffee in Corpus Christi. Yeah, kind of like That's, that kind of thing. And 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 Lisa's or, coffee is definitely in Corpus. Yeah, Christi. Lisa's coffee sold in Walmarts. <laughs> Lisa's, Lisa's is big. I, I, I want, but I'm not trying to nag you any any because they're they're both the. I they're, mean, both, they're both. Yeah, I, mean, the, I, mean, I always wanted to. Best. I always wanted to pay this compliment to Lisa Lampanelli, but I've never gotten to meet her officially. Uh, is this is a very very long time ago? Um, we, I, it's been something I've always. And by the way, it's so lost now because it's not. It's like it would have been a great compliment like eight years ago when she didn't know how big she was about to become, or maybe ten years ago when she wasn't when she was just selling out clubs. Right. Uh, I was doing a show called Hurt Bert on FX, and I had to be a male stripper for a day. And so I went in and I was a male stripper. At a, at a girls' club, and then they said, all right, time to turn it around. Now you're going to be a male stripper at a gay club. You need to win the strip contest at a gay club. So it was, we were in Vegas. We went to an all-male gay club, and I went up and had to compete against, uh, against, against a bunch of shows. The person who won, I mean, this is, but mind you, I'm a comic. I go in. I do my striptease. It's okay. I, no one really cheers for me. Some guys pity throw money at me. The person who won was dressed as Lisa Lampanelli, and they played her comedy album, and he lip-synced her comedy album. And I thought, that is fucking the height. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell said, the queen that. I said, I'll, let, I'll let you do it. No, no, no. You tell her. I'll never speak to her. Like, uh, like the the... I was sitting in the back, and I'm a comic. I'm right. a comic at the time. I've been doing it for long enough where I'm headlining. Right. And I'm, I'm in the back, 
and I hear, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Lisa Lampanelli. <laughs> and she co- and this woman comes out dressed as Lisa Lampanelli, or a man, a man comes out dressed as Lisa Lampanelli, and they are f- all the gay guys. It's the routine that, uh, that she has about gays. They're fucking howling, laughing, and he's just lip syncing it. And like, uh. doing the, and I went, I sat in the back, and I went, and I, by the way, I knew Lisa when we were in New York. Because I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club. This is before she was who she was. She used to wear like a gold uh, Mercedes emblem and gold rings. And like she'd dress up like she was Flavor Flav. Right. And so I would sit. I knew her. I I knew her enough that she wasn't headlining. And I would say hi to her. And she would be nice. And we'd talk. Yeah. But I I sat in the back having known this person in New York. And I went, oh, my God. And I thought. This woman, I didn't know how big she was at the time, right. is about to become fucking huge. If at a gay club, the person who won the striptease contest didn't take off any of their clothes and just lip synced her fucking comedy album, <laughs> I thought I was really I've always, that I, I mean, that's stuck in my crawl. That's a that's a great story. It's a no. I mean, that's really that's insane, dude. It's really insane. It's fun when you it's fun when you as a comic you're in the know and you see other people uh, get excited for someone you know very well. And yeah. you, and like like I liked I really enjoy it with Bill because I think we've all known that Bill has been succeeding very well for the past probably like f- six years like been just moving up what would you say like f- probably five years I think he's been doing theaters right um I would I would think so yeah I, I would yeah I remember running into him one time he, he's been definitely like selling out clubs for probably eight or nine ten yeah years. but like like recently just like tour bus big like yeah fucking le- next Dude, he, level him and verzi are doing the garden in november not the uh hey we're doing the the yeah. the garden yeah like the knicks yeah and but it's fun <laughs> to watch people arrive on how hey like you go on facebook and one of your friends is like dude have you heard of this bill burr guy and i was like have i heard of bill burr like fucking yeah 16 years ago <laughs> <laughs> when, when all he was was red <laughs> like like in 